You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to season two, new and improved. We're getting better with each season. The with Athletic Mind. Yes. Yeah. Are we episode three now, Taylor? Yes. Season two, oh. episode three overall like 42 or something like that i don't know how to really label these in the I just <laughs> that's wild it. our season one really got out of control like could you <laughs> imagine if you're scrolling through like your favorite tv series and one of the seasons has 30 something episodes <laughs> how much okay i'm wondering how many does friends have though or like the office for example do they call it around I think like 20s yeah okay that's fair we're just giving more content in one season. It's good. It's fine. But we're going to roll with like a friend's vibe. We're going to toss out like 15, 20 seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. We're just never going to stop. It's just going to keep going. And then it's going to stop at some point. And then it's going to come rearing back with a vengeance later on. Just give us a decade. <laughs> a decade. Oh, I can't think about that. That's like oh, 38 years old. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, this is why I don't do the intros because <laughs> it gets out of welcome. hand. <laughs> welcome to episode three, where we are going to be talking about leadership today. Um, and one of the reasons why I like this topic so much is because we talk about leaders a lot. We talk about leaders a lot in the workplace. We talk about leaders a lot on sports teams. We often covet being a leader um like we really want that for ourselves um we see leaders get like the position get glamorized in movies and tv shows a lot um but i'm not sure how much we ever really see like the nitty-gritty true side of leadership and the reality of it is is like the nitty-gritty side is actually way easier than the way that everybody portrays what a good leader is but just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not important. Um, and I think we overlook that, right? Like the simple stuff in leadership is super important. Oh, absolutely it is. And I think one of the, at least for me, in terms of like the what I love to see in a leader is someone who's willing to just sit and listen before speaking. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's hard to do at times though, right? Again, simple yeah. task, hard to do. I but... find myself sometimes I'm like, Taylor, like hold your tongue, just like let them finish. And then, you know, like trying to, for me, it's hard because I have like all these like notes in my head coming up, like as they're saying things, I'm like, fuck, I'm going to forget this. Fuck, I'm going to forget this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just want like the proverbial notepad to show up so you can like jot it down. <laughs> yeah. But the interesting part about that too, though, is like having that feeling and feeling like you need to have the the right answer when they're done talking or like you're going to lose your thought later on kind of relates to that other thing that we talked about with it which is like needing to feel like you have all the answers mm -hmm. like no matter what comes up you need to know what to say next you need to know what pathway to go down you need to know how to handle a situation and 
it's just not possible. You're never going to know the answer to everything. There are going to be times where you're pushed out of your comfort zone. And if you're in a conversation and you're constantly looking for the next answer or like mentally trying to like, okay, don't forget that. Like you got to keep that in there. You're probably going to miss something of what the person's actually saying. <laughs> yes. Guilty. I know that I'll, I did that too. I'm just like, okay, like, listen, okay. You're listening. It's going great. All right. Now I'm thinking, okay, like, Ooh, like this is like what I think about what this person just said. And then as I'm thinking about that, I'm like, fuck, I need to come back to like the president be in this conversation because hmm. my luck, they're going to say something very important. If I miss that, then that's not going to bode too well for me. Yeah. It's really hard to do that though. Like, it's hard to be present. I think we've talked about that in a lot of different ways, not just in leadership, but so much of the mental skills tools that we talk about start with like just bringing yourself back into the present moment, not worrying about the future, not worrying about the past, any mistakes that you've made or mistakes that you possibly could make in the future. It's about just being in the moment because that's where all the information you need is coming from. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, none of us can see into the future. None of us can travel back to the past. So all the information you need is literally right in front of you but we're terrible multitaskers. Mm -hmm. So you can't do both. You can't be thinking about something else and then making sure that you're like tracking everything that the person is saying, how they're saying it, what kind of tone they're using, and then try to figure out the body language of it all. That's hard enough in and of itself. Yeah. That's why we have really good communicators and people that really have to work at it because it's not necessarily a natural skill to be able to decode all of that. God, no, definitely not. And like, I feel that, I mean, speaking from my own experience, like I feel like I, I grew up having to be able to have that skill to mm -hmm. see like, all right, what mood is this person going to be in today? Like, am I going to feel like I need to walk on eggshells or can I be a little bit more, you know, like open and, and speak up about what it is that I'm thinking about or want to do or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And that's typically like a, like a younger age that you like start to develop that skill. So when, when you don't have to, to learn and develop that specific skill at that age, it's so hard to, to do it later on in life because you're not constantly looking out for all these little things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too, the way that you put that, right. It's like a skill that you learn when you're younger and you see that in some of like the trauma responses that you see from kids who experienced like um, if it's like mental abuse or um, if they had a parent who was mentally ill and was on a roller coaster trying to figure out how do I act in front of this person so that I can still get what I need because they're a child and they rely on their parent. Um the way that that plays out in adulthood is normally somebody who is like very passive, very unsure of themselves, always waiting to hear what's going on before they make a decision because they're not used to being able to say like, hey, I'm still a human being who has my own needs and I don't have to necessarily bend to every single whim of the person in front of me to get what I need. Mm -hmm. One second, I have to hit pause. All right, so for chatting, like kind of leadership 101, 
Um, I think the first point that we've made is that like in order to be a good leader, you don't need to have all the answers. It's not possible. I think it's natural to feel that way, but you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to know everything. Um, but that does play into our, our next key piece of leadership, which is being able to be vulnerable with yourself and with the people that you're leading. I'd say this is probably one of the harder skills for people to engage in because it is such a a vulnerable place to put yourself, right? Like you're literally just laying yourself out and like expressing whether it's like how you feel or like what your opinion is and maybe sharing some like personal details that you maybe don't share with others, but like having the courage to do that also creates the like the, the safety and trust aspect in those mm-hmm. relationships and offers other folks to do the same like this is a safe space for you to be I'm gonna show you like my true self and you can do the same to me and you don't have to worry about like any sort of like repercussions for that yeah because one of the big pieces along with like knowing everything or needing to know everything the other side of it is feeling like you need to be perfect and like you can't make any mistakes like nobody can see you as a normal human being and it's funny because if you have a leader who's in that mindset and they're like I can't let people see me make a mistake I can't let people see me you know miss a step if you ask them how they would feel about having a leader who's like perfect all the time they'd probably say it's horrible because now I feel like I can't make a mistake yeah absolutely So I know I would feel that way. Right. Like you got to turn that on its head and put yourself, you know, in a different set of shoes to say, what would you actually like to see in a leader? Would you like a leader to be able to come up to you and say, you know, I'm not really sure how to move forward here, or I'm not really sure how I feel about this, Mm -hmm. but I'd like your opinion. Or would you prefer to have somebody who you know what? They don't consult you. They don't ask you anything. They just go and do it. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to go with A on that one, Lauren, for $500. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Double jeopardy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like you've, you've got to appreciate the human aspect of not knowing because we all, whether consciously or subconsciously, we all know that you don't know everything. So in fact, being vulnerable enough to share that is just like being truthful with whoever it is. Mm-hmm. You're showing that you're acknowledging some truth that everybody knows is already there. So you're setting yourself up in good standing there. Like, oh, hey, this person is willing to tell me the truth when they need to, because they're already doing that with themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm just thinking like, there's... Like, obviously, there's a lot of factors that go into, like, what makes a good leader. And part of that is your own definition of what leadership is and Mm -hmm. also the leadership style that maybe resonates best with you. I mean, we talked about this just before hitting the record button, right? Like, for me, I love a leader who leads by example. I am not really a fan of, like, 
look what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This is what you need to do. Like that's does not really work so well for me, but when people just show up and and do the work and hold themselves and their teammates accountable and, and have the necessary conversations when needed, that is to me what a like great leader looks like. But for you, obviously that could be extremely different because there's different leadership styles. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in order to make teams work, you need to have different leadership styles. Like you've got to, because as we said earlier, not everybody is great at reading people. Not everybody has that priority built in of like checking in on how your people are doing. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily like a great thing if you're in a position where you don't necessarily have that team of leaders, like a C's and A's, you might need to learn that skill. <laughs> if you feel like you currently don't have the socio-emotional side of leadership, that could be a blind spot for you. And you might want to work on it because ultimately you're working with people and you need to be able to understand them and connect with them. Mm-hmm. But I like what you're saying in terms of like, if you have a leadership team, you may have somebody that is like very strong on like, I'm calling it the tactile side of it, which I'm sure there's another word that I'm forgetting. Here's my vulnerability. I don't know what that form of leadership is called. I'm calling it tactile. (laughs) But then you can't have five tactile leaders. No. Because what gets left in the wayside if you've got five tactile leaders? Maybe like paying attention to burnout everyone's going so hard and making sure that, you know, I'm going through every single whistle. I'm showing up every day. I'm the first one on the first one off. And then we forget to ask the person who's like exhausted before practice and hurting. Mm -hmm. We forget to tell them like, Hey, you know, you might want to talk to the trainer and maybe take a day for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what this reminds me of actually is that PI training that we went through. Oh yeah. Because that, like, I mean, I I know it's not like leadership styles, but it does kind of break down your personality style in the Mm -hmm. sense of like, where it is that you fall, like, do you, you know, tend to um, like lead things on your own? Are you more innovative? Are you more like a database kind of person? Um, Are you Mm -hmm. more like a teamwork person? And like, for me, I'm huge teamwork person. I love working with other people. Um, And I feel like that's where like, I thrive a lot. But outside of that, it's also good to have like that offsetting like balance, right? Like we want to make sure that there's other pieces at play that are going to fill in those gaps and blind spots that you might have in your own leadership styles. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like a power and control for one person kind of dynamic. No. Um, Team effort here. (laughs) Yeah, team effort, 100%. But the other piece of that too, I think is like, like I said earlier, if you don't feel you're very strong in one side of that, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't work on it. So even if you are very tactile, that's great. But how do you add to your repertoire of leadership skills? Maybe it is working on the emotional side of it Mm -hmm. and continuing to broaden the number of areas so to speak that you feel comfortable in so that when you do show up in them as a leader you already have that sense of like 
I'm good here. I know that I'm good with who I am in this space. And if I make a mistake, it's okay because it's not going to mean anything detrimental to who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. But if you never work on that stuff, then you can't build up that sense of comfortability. And if you don't have the comfortability, your brain is always going to be throwing up red flags when that stuff comes up and you're going to run the other way. Well, that and like, especially in team sports, your team Mm -hmm. is going to be changing all the time, most likely. Yeah. Right. Like, so you might end up losing one of those balancing leadership styles who maybe they are strong in that area, but then maybe, you know, that doesn't get filled in. And that's something that you need to grow into and start to, again, like have that skill set to learn and, and continue to develop. Because even though someone else was doing that job before, doesn't necessarily mean that that's always going to be that person's job. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not stagnant roles. Like they don't, they change 100%. And speaking Um, of roles, mm, yes, that's an interesting one for me, Mm. mainly because I'm a goalie and I've never had a letter on my jersey. Um, But I've also never felt like I've never had a letter on my jersey at the same time. Because I knew that even though I wasn't a C or an A on the team, I still played a major role in being a leader on the teams that I played with. Mm. Yeah. Leadership doesn't mean, or leadership is not tied to a letter on your Jersey. Leadership is a set of, yeah. Leadership is a set of behaviors that you can live by and choose to engage in on a daily basis. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny that um, we make the rule in hockey that goalies can't have letters because so like, if you're talking about it from a practical standpoint, your leaders have letters because you need to have somebody on the ice that can go and talk to refs if needed, right? So even when you're talking about like, strategy of giving letters is sometimes you got to spread it out between positions to make sure that like you have people on the ice at all times that can go and talk to the refs now it doesn't always work that way semantics Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about someone who's always on the ice (laughs) it's your goalie you'd think that'd be strategy number one right yeah but i guess like you know, goalie can't go and skate all the way to the other side of the rink. So no, I can only skate. I mean, to the technically, blue line. physically, you can, but <laughs> physically, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Technically, no. <laughs> if I skate past the blue line, I have to switch. So wait, what do you mean? Is this so a like, rule I don't know? Yeah, yeah. If you skate, if if you skate past your blue line. Unless, like, say we're in the second period and there's, like, a delayed penalty or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you skate past your own blue line, you have to switch goalies. What? Yeah, so, like... For why? <laughs> that's just a rule. I don't know. Um, at least on the international level anyway. So, um, I knew that you weren't really supposed to do that before, like, when I was playing in new sports and stuff. And it, it never really was a problem at any point. So, I, I never really looked into it. But... Yeah. But this year when I was, or this past year, sorry, when I was playing at the uh, Kazakhstan, like national championship, 
Mm-hmm. They are like super strict with like the international ice hockey federation rules. Very strict. And so there was a, a girl who got injured that's like right next to my net. And the play had been called down for quite some time. And they actually were like bringing a stretcher out for this girl to like take her off. So I went over to the bench so I can get some water. But mm-hmm. but to get to the bench, I had to cross the blue line a little bit. And so that's like a structural problem in the first place. But yeah. then there were like, luckily there wasn't that much time left in the third period or whatever. And honestly, the game was so boring that it didn't bug me when the ref was like, you have to switch. At first I was like, wait, what? They're like, <laughs> yeah, you crossed the blue line. That's the rule. Like this is a national championship. So you have to change now. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then I just sat on the bench for the rest of the game and just kind of chuckled to myself. So now I know why goalies don't get letters. Because technically you could only go and talk to the ref in one third of the ice. <laughs> Yeah. So, but I mean, keep well, we could mind. we could just give a symbolic letter, which I'm all for. Yeah, I mean, look at Roberto Luongo. He had a solid C. I'm pretty sure at one point was it with the yeah. Wasn't Canucks? it on his helmet? They don't put it on their jersey though. I think he uh, had it on his helmet. I don't know. It was mm. a while ago. Yeah, but wow, that was a rant and a half. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no. So get back on track. Yeah. So like, but I, I like kind of where we're at though. And in, in terms of talking about our sport, um, which is hockey, obviously. In case the, you didn't know. Yeah. In case you didn't know already. It's not like we talk about it every day. Um, the purpose of the C's and A's is to have somebody that can talk to the refs because not if we had everybody going up and talking to the refs all the time, that would be a mess. Mm. Um. But we attribute it as hockey players to something that's a lot bigger than that, right? Like it gives you significance on a team. It validates you as a leader. It makes you feel good about where you stand. It makes you feel important, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of deeper meaning to it that I think we get sidetracked by sometimes. Because like you said earlier, like you don't need to have a letter to be a leader because leadership is not tied to something that's sewn on your jersey mm-hmm. yeah I don't have anything else to add to that like you've yeah. you hit the nail right on the head um leadership well, maybe... has never been a role to me it's always been a behavior and I, maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm a goalie that I was able to pick up on that a lot sooner and also yeah I feel like I'm a little bit of an old soul. So I always felt like I was maybe just a little bit more mellowed out than a lot of the other girls that when I was growing up, but Mm -hmm. I never, I never felt like I need to have something that externally validates my role on a team. Yeah. And not being a goalie, I can honestly say that like, it was one of my goals in college to end up wearing a letter by my senior year um, for the external validation of like the things that I was already doing. If I hadn't gotten it, do I think I would have been a little upset for a while? Yeah, sure. Totally. But at the same time, it wouldn't have changed how I behaved. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that in mind, maybe we get into some of the behaviors 
that we're talking about? Like specifically, what are some of the behaviors that we like to see from leaders and that make good leaders? And we've talked about a couple of them in terms of like, you know, having the ability to be vulnerable, to acknowledge when you don't know all the answers, um, walking the walk, leading by example. Active listening, um, you know, active speaking, listening. speaking second, listening first. Um, mm-hmm. I think another one of those is like, is being able to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, sometimes for the betterment of the team. Mm. Right. Um, and what I think of for that is kind of where we started brainstorming on this podcast for today is being able to have hard conversations. Not everything works out in a team setting. Like there's always going to be something that comes up. Yep. But it's how you work to handle whatever that is. Mm-hmm that kind of not I don't want to say makes you a good leader or a bad leader but says a lot about who you are as a leader Mm -hmm. are you capable of being uncomfortable for a little bit because you understand that down the road it's going to help the team Mm -hmm. do you have any examples of that like from your own experience playing um let me think. Why am I drawing a blank right now? Like I remember having to, oh, okay. So like we're in a big game and it was my first year playing professionally. And let's just say like the team wasn't doing well. We hadn't won a game yet. Um. And, you know, you're playing against teams that have multiple Olympians on them, right? So, like, it wasn't out of question for some of us to, like, count ourselves out of the game before it even started, mm-hmm. right? We were the only team in the league that didn't have any Olympic players. Pretty easy to do that at times. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to, like, mentally check out, and then it's another to, like, behave in a way that shows that you're checked out uh-huh. and that you don't really care. Mm-hmm. So like whether or not that was going out the night before a game or like just not paying attention to the little stuff, like making sure that you're warming up really well, that you're ready to basically like go to war with people to try and, you know, win a game mm-hmm. or just get incrementally better throughout the game. And um, we got to a point and I was, again, a first year player, so I didn't have a letter um and we get to this game we're playing I think Montreal and we had a group of girls go out before a game we're playing against Poulin the next day and a very good team and I'm sitting there in the locker room like in my head initially like what the hell is going on I just got out of college where everybody is so bought in to winning a national championship that you create rules around going out. Mm -hmm. You know when it's appropriate and you know when it's not. And the night before a game is wild to me. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Absolutely. So I'm sitting there. Mm -mm. Yeah. Like I'm sitting there in the locker room fuming in a terrible mood. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to help me play well. 
did I say anything before the game? No. Should I? Yes. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, it's like having that conversation of how is this in alignment with what we're trying to do? Yeah. Like, who does this And I said to them, (laughs) yeah, I said to the one girl, I was like, can you honestly say that going out yesterday helped you play better today? What is the point of you being here if it's not to try and play your best every day? Especially, like, given the fact they're trying to not only, like, obviously, like, be playing at a professional level, but, like, to be building a, a league. Yeah. And trying to pull in an audience for for a completely different demographic than what mainstream media is covering, right? Like, yeah. That takes away not only from like your performance and your teammates' performance, but like also the overarching goal. And obviously, these people are not thinking about this, right? No, but right? They're, other they're caught in their own experience. Other people are definitely looking at them, thinking like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, why would you <laughs> ever fucking do that?" Yeah, which was like me coming in as an outsider, right? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> That's flabbergasting to a certain extent for me at least Jesus. yeah um to a certain extent because I think the European women's hockey league where I was playing this past season is not nearly as competitive as to what we're talking about in terms of you know having Olympians on the team and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but like there were girls who would go out the night before a game and the one like I swear the one girl actually like plays like better. I don't like want to, I don't I almost don't want to say this because I don't want anybody thinking like it's okay to go off and do something like that. She mm. scored a hat trick the following day. So, but my question for that is and like again, this might be a hard conversation that a leader has to have with a player like that is like there is nothing biologically about a hangover or ingesting alcohol that's sets you up to physically perform better so then it's a conversation of like where is your mental state at mm-hmm. when you're not doing that because mm-hmm. people make the same argument of like well if i'm a little bit sick i'd play better and it's like well and i think they've actually done research on this that with athletes that have that happen where if they're a little bit ill or they have some kind of cold they play better mm-hmm. It's not because of the cold. It's because having a cold makes them simplify everything. Mm. So you get out of the overthinking. You get out of the trying to do too much because you're just like, I need to be simple. I need to keep things like detail oriented because I know that I have a limitation right now. Well, like we say in the goaltending world, keep it simple, stupid. So (laughs) less is always more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think like being able to have hard conversations is one of those because that's the accountability piece, right? Mm -hmm. If you are holding teammates accountable, it's never easy. I don't know. I've never had a, an accountability conversation that felt great in the moment. Probably felt good. It actually feels good after because you're like, oh, I did that. Yeah, just like going for a run feels good after you do it, but the whole time you're doing it, you're like, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then leading up to it, you're like, why do I really want to do this? Hmm. I could just lay on the couch and stuff. <laughs> and I think it's actually worth noting that, like, as a leader, 
you will face that type of resistance from within yourself around Mm -hmm. some of those areas that you maybe don't feel super confident in just yet, or maybe you haven't really developed the skill set to handle those kind of situations. And Mm -hmm. that is completely normal and also okay, because it's about like taking one, like identifying that like there has to be a conversation here and then taking like that experience of having a hard conversation with someone and say okay like did this go the way that I intended it to go what where were the strong points where were the areas that I probably could have done a little bit better in no different than tracking and measuring your performance right like where is it that I did well where can I improve the next time that I inevitably have to have one of these conversations because it will happen again Yes. And I love the way that you just put that because I think that sums up the last thing that I was going to say, which is effective leadership is synonymous with the growth game. You are always trying to grow and improve when you are an effective leader. Always. No exceptions. (laughs) That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. Mic drop from Lauren on the super clear microphone. Yeah, is mine clear? Do I need to come closer? <laughs> oh wow! Oh my really? gosh, you could get going on some like ASMR. Oh. <laughs> uh, now, now I'm just tear- like picturing being in a podcast with you up against the microphone like this, just having a really nice conversation. I think everybody take a deep breath now. Oh, Twenty to God. five on the way in. <laughs> One, two. oh god for clear quality though i clearly need to get a little bit closer so you can hear me enunciate nicer that's actually amazing very different (laughs) hey good to know i will take those notes as needed (laughs) effective leadership right there i gave some feedback taylor said yep i got the feedback i'm gonna work on it (laughs) can you can you hear a lot of like moving around when i do this she's literally shaking her (laughs) microphone no I can't (laughs) okay that's good because the reason that I sit back here is because for video purposes when I create all of the video content if I'm sitting here (laughs) it's awful it's so bad yeah Uh, what you don't want everyone staring at your forehead you want to see all of my pores (laughs) I can show you we can get real close up and personal Uh, but now that we've kind of dove into some shenanigans here and it's also way past my recording time in the sense that I have to go and have another meeting soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> want to close off by plugging, shamelessly plugging, our oh, newly redesigned Brain Training for Athletes program. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We've actually done a whole episode on this podcast before about what that program is about. I believe it's episode 16. If it's not, just look for the one titled Brain Training for Athletes, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. Moving forward, I will have a much better synopsis of what this program is, um, because mentally I'm a little bit wee-boo, checked out. Um, Yes. Yeah, Taylor was deathly ill. Well, not maybe not deathly, but you sounded like it. I felt it. No podcasting for Taylor the last week. No, it was tough. Um, Yeah. But if any of these conversations that we're talking about leadership or 
getting detail oriented or finding a way to show up consistently. If any of that you're sitting and listening and going like, I'm struggling with that. That is what brain training for athletes is all about. You don't actually have to be an athlete to take brain training for athletes as well. We just use a lot of sport analogies. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're someone who's looking to become, you know, a better leader, like, like, like let's have a talk about it. We also have leadership courses. So um, for all our athletes out there, if any of this resonated with you, check out brain training for athletes on elitehighperformance.com. We can put the link in the show notes to the course description, but we're going to try and get Taylor out of here less than 10 minutes late. So with that, we'll uh, ask you to kindly leave a rating and review as always, if you found Mm -hmm. this episode to be of value and the review part is like a big, big portion here. This is what really helps the podcast grow and reach new audiences just like yourself. (laughs) So Thank you very much for joining us today on the Athletic Line Podcast. Yes, thank you everybody so much. See you next week. Bye.